What's so important you brought us all the way back here? Hello, Master. It's been a while. Uh, Ahsoka? What? <laughs> I don't believe it. How are you? Where are you? Are, are you okay? I'm alright. Thank you. I wish we had more time to talk, but I have urgent information for both of you. What is it, Ahsoka? Lady Bo-Katan and I have located the renegade Sith Lord Maul, and if we move swiftly, we believe we can capture him. Welcome everyone from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair Podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampus Lair Podcast. This is episode number 456, Animation Madness. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt. And with me, the Kanan Jarrus and Harrison Dula. To my chopper, we've got Carl LeClaire and Emily Pelletier. It rhymes, Emily. Yes, it does. You're welcome <laughs> for having a great last name like me. Super French. Yeah. Leclerc, Pelletier, yep. and Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> There's always one odd one out. Yeah, and well, I'm always the odd one out. <laughs> I guess someone invited a, uh, somebody from Clone Force 99 to join us, Emily. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Emily, so glad you're you're back on the show with us. I always love having you on to talk about Star Wars. And we wanted to get a, a kind of a quick episode out this week. Um, as Jason and I shared last week, uh, the next episode of Marvelous Musings with me and Katie will be out this week as well. Uh, but I said to Jason and I were talking at the end of the show and we we're like, wait a minute, we're starting This Is Madness the following week. We've got we've to really promote this. And that's what we're doing here. So Emily helped me build out once again an awesome This Is Madness tournament bracket. Uh, which, like we said last week, it's going to be all Star Wars animation. So some of our favorite moments, some of the top moments across the four main Star Wars animated shows, Clone Wars, Rebels, Bad Batch, and Resistance. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. We're going to talk a little bit about just Star Wars animation in general, how these particular series have uh, kind of sat with us, you know, they've all they've all been out now. We've had time to digest them some more than others, obviously, but just kind of having a, a fun conversation around Star Wars animation. Um, so I really like Star Wars animation. Uh, Emily, it's always been super fun. I miss the days when we were at Emmanuel and you would come in and annoy the hell out of me in the evenings while I was trying to get work done and just want to talk Star Wars. And I'm like, okay, that obviously trumps everything I'm working on right now. So we would just talk Star Wars. <laughs> not that Wars. you were working on, not that you were working on things very often when I was drunk. Okay, easy. All right. 
Um, shots, you did your job, but not those evenings. Shots fired. Okay, fair enough, Emily. You're not wrong. So, yeah, Emily, of course, was the president at the Star Wars Club at Emmanuel. You are now graduated. Of course, you're working in the real world, um, but it's always fun to stay in touch. And you were kind enough to join me twice. We kind of uh, laid out all of the moments and then just this past weekend sat down and kind of put the bracket all together, seeded things the way we thought would be most fun. Um, and Emily, I'm very much a noob when it comes to Rebels. Uh, and Rebels is kind of your jam. So I was like, yeah, I definitely need someone who knows Rebels. And I, Jason, I think it's fair to say both of us are relatively inept with Rebels. I mean, I think you know it better than I do. You certainly know Clone Wars better than I do. Um, uh, yes. Clone Wars is the one that I'm most uh, knowledgeable on. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, Rebels is fine. My knowledge of Rebels is fine. Uh, and then it kind of goes down from there. But yeah, Clone Wars is my bailiwick. Rebels is enjoyable, but I'm not an expert. So, <laughs> But Emily, Rebels is your thing. That's your story, right? Rebels is my thing. Yeah, Rebels, it was just love the first time that I watched it through all the way. Um, and I've just been completely in love with it ever since. And every time I watch it, I find something new to love about it. Um, you know, the first time around, it was Ahsoka and, you know, the pure joy of having her back. Um, and then over time, I've grown to love all the other characters as well and all of the plot lines and everything that goes on in that show. I'm curious, have you watched it, like the whole series, more than once? Like, have you done like a full, hey, I'm going to rewatch Rebels from start to finish? Like three or four times. Dang. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Uh, so yeah. I'm in the midst of doing that for the first time other than when it came out. I mean, I've seen every episode as they came out and I've rewatched certain episodes, but I've never rewatched the series. And I'm, um, I've been tweeting about this because I can't help it. Uh, I'm almost done with season two and uh, I'm going to say it right now. I've got to eat my words. I've, I've always been very harsh about rebels and I I'm very wrong. It is such a great show. It is such a great story with this amazing ghost crew. Um, you know, I think they, they have, there's such a heart to the show. Um, and, uh, I was talking with a friend over the weekend and she, she prefers rebels to clone wars. She kind of came into star Wars with rebels. Uh, she's a huge Thrawn fan. So that, that was, that was where her, her love story with Thrawn began. And, uh, you know, she made the, the, the great point of, you know, rebels is a really good narrative story right it's it's it follows this crew it's their story whereas clone wars it is it's a serial a, a story right i mean there are stories that work together because there's arcs but it kind of bops all over so um it's cool that there are two different ways of storytelling though like i, I kind of like that it's that way um yeah absolutely yeah yeah it, well because jason clone wars for you is some of the like your favorite star wars content um, yes, yeah, that era in particular um, is my favorite era of Star Wars. You know, it's part of why uh, you know Attack of the Clones is so high on my list of films. Um, just seeing the Jedi trying to navigate this this war um, is is my is what really you know piques my interest with Star Wars. Is what really gets me going. I really enjoy that sort of you know that that time period and that. Uh, kind of quandary because they're they're very skilled warriors most of them but they're not supposed to be 
They're not supposed to be in this position, but they're doing it very, very well. Uh, and then there's just all the machinations of Palpatine and what he's doing and how he's manipulating everything from both sides of it. It's fascinating to me. And it's just cool. So, um, you know, it, everyone likes their, their armor and their blasters. And I'm like, nope, I'm, I'm with all the aliens and, the, you know, waving their, their glowy swords around at <laughs> Battle Droids. So that's, that's my <laughs> – that's where I want to be. Um, but, yeah, no, it, the Clone Wars is, is – when it comes to Star Wars animation, the Clone Wars is where I'm at. You know, it's my favorite – you know, bar none. Uh, I have done the series watch through about, you know, half a dozen times with the show. Every time that, you know, we would get, oh, hey, we've actually got one more season of Clone Wars, I'd rewatch the whole thing and then <laughs> add that one on. And then we got, you know, it again. Uh, so, yeah. Plus, I've done it once or twice other, you know, outside of that as well. Um, so, yeah, uh, my knowledge of Clone Wars and my enjoyment of that is. I, I'm very into it, so yes. Um, which is why Bad Batch kind of snuck up on me. I didn't expect to like it so much, but it uh, it continues a lot of stuff for Clone Wars. So um, yeah, yeah, absolutely does. And before we get into kind of the the meat of that conversation, um, so for if anyone, by the way, if you are a relatively new member to the Wampus Lair. Welcome, as always. Um, and if you're not familiar, uh, every year for – geez, Jason, I think we've been doing it since 2018. Um, uh, something like that. At, at least 2018. 2017. Um, yeah, maybe even 2017. We, we've been doing a tournament called This Is Madness. So, you know, Jason, you, when we started this show, you know, 10 years ago, I had this idea for a topic. I was like, Jason, wouldn't it be so fun if we did a show where we talked about like – you know, like what if these two characters fought each other, who would win? And Jason had the wherewithal to say, that's actually a great segment to do every week. And I was like, that's a, you, that's a great way to wave your lightsaber, my friend. Um, <laughs> and uh, so, you know, for, for years now we've been doing, you know, matchups and, and stuff like that. And for a couple the first few years of this is madness, that's what it was. It was just a character tournament. Um, and, and it, it, it took its life from, you know, we were doing this segment for a number of years and then StarWars.com started the This Is Madness tournament on on their website in March, you know, to kind of correlate with March Madness. And they only did it for three years and then they just stopped doing it. And it was a huge bummer. Uh, so Jason and I were like, you know what the heck with this? We're going to do it. So we did character tournaments for three straight years and. Yeah, because this is our fifth year. That's right. And yeah. then last year, we wanted to try something a little bit different. And um, Emily, you helped me create the final character list because I remember sitting in my yeah. office and how we were divvying up the characters, um, which was a we needed. I remember we needed one more villain. And we were trying to think of someone from <laughs> The Mandalorian. Yeah. And I remember saying something along the lines of, I don't know, the mud horn? <laughs> and it stuck. Love the mud. The mud ended up in the tournament. Yes, I. I'm trying to. Remember. Did he even get past the first round? Do you remember? I think in my heart he did. I think he did make it to the second round, but that was as far as he went. Um, but yeah, I love. In my heart, he made it to the finals. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, so, That's so fair. last year, uh, Jason and I decided to try something a little different and we came up with just like iconic moments from across the movies. Um, uh-huh. super fun to do. And as I was thinking about, all right, well, what are we going to do this year? Um, I mean, there's still so many other moments we could have picked from the movies, but then I was like, wait a minute, what if we did animated stuff, right? Like bad batch is about to come out with its second season sometime this year. Um, so, you know, hit up Emily, Emily, I need your help. <laughs> I don't know enough about rebels, but we need, we need lots of good rebel moments. And the way we did it is obviously we kind of split up the amount of moments based upon the amount of content from each series, right? So it is, we obviously have more clone wars than anything else followed by rebels, bad batch. And there is only a couple resistance things. Um, I'll admit I've still not seen season two, Emily. I know you have seen season two of resistance. Jason, you're shaking your head. You also have not seen it. I have not seen season two. I've seen season one and I'm, I'm happy to leave it on blowfish one and blowfish two. So, um, <laughs> Ugh, we're not calling each other blowfish, <laughs> but bye bye, blowfish one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, we kind of, we kind of divvied up the moments based upon how many there are to choose from. So Emily and I definitely snuck in some moments that we personally just like Jason gave some great suggestions as well. Um, so we hope you just have fun with it. And that's going to start uh, on Monday, February 28th. So just this coming Monday, uh, the bracket will be posted this coming Thursday. So a couple days after this episode comes out, so you can print it off, write in your picks now, you know, share that with us. Um, you'll be able to vote on either Instagram or Twitter. We are going to do both platforms. Um, just ask that if you're, uh, if if you would help share it, whether it's on Instagram or on Twitter, you know, you can share it to your story on Instagram. You can retweet the, the, the matchups every day. Uh, we just ask that you use the hashtag TWL. This is madness. Um, so, you know, have fun with it. That's what we always encourage. I love doing this. Uh, I love people getting to have fun with it. Um, we've got, (laughs) we've got two very epic matchups to end the first round. Um, that uh, hopefully all the butt nuggets are gone that are going to be like, I can't believe you're making these two go against each other um, in round one. But uh, you know what? We did it. Emily, should we just say what it is right now? Go for it, Carl. Do it. Ahsoka <laughs> leaves against Kanan sacrifice. That'll be a big one. That is going to kill everyone's heart. And you're welcome. <laughs> yes. I'm already dying. Thank you. Um, God. So probably two of the most heartbreaking moments in Star Wars, not just animated Star Wars, but Star Wars, I would argue. Star Wars. I, yeah. yeah. I will say only one of those has actually made me openly weep. I will say one of them has made me weep harder than the other, but I'm not going to say which one. <laughs> um, and Jason is, you know, so something we did last year. Uh, which we're planning to do again this year is at the end of the tournament when we have our, our final four, we'll do an episode just talking about those final four moments kind of more in depth. Um, yeah. So Emily, I had fun making this list. I hope you did. Last. Good. It was a great time. Good. Excellent. So yeah, hopefully y'all will participate. Um, if you don't have Twitter or Instagram, um, I mean, it's very easy to make an account, even if you don't use it a lot, you know? Um, so yeah, you know, please, please participate every day. Um, the titles are a bit long <laughs> on the bracket. You might have to zoom in a bit, 
my apologies on that. Uh, there will be images to accompany each matchup each day to, in case you're not exactly clear on what moment we're talking about. Some of them are super obvious. Some of them you might have to be like, wait, which one was that? Um, so hopefully the images will help with that. So, yeah, it should. Um, so yeah, there's the details. Please play along. TWL, this is madness. Share it, retweet, share to your story, all that good stuff. Um, but Jason, Emily, Star Wars animation. Yes. It was super easy to make a bracket for this because there's so many good moments across this, across these shows. Um, yeah. Let's start with Clone Wars. Clone Wars obviously was the longest running, has the most you know number of episodes. Um, what was what is your what was your relationship like with Clone Wars when it started, and how do you hold it now, Jason? Go. Oh, okay. Um, my relationship with Clone Wars when it started started with the Clone Wars movie in the theater. I went to see it in the theater, um, and I think I was the only one above the age of like, you know, two twenty that thoroughly enjoyed myself. Um, because everyone else was just like, you know, walking out, all the fan bros were just like, well, that's so stupid. And I can't believe they did this. And, you know, why in the world, you know, and I'm like, it's, it's the opening to a TV show. Come on guys. It's fun. Just enjoy yourself for once. Um, but, uh, so I, I kind of jumped on board from the, the get go partly because it is, like I said, my favorite era in Star Wars is the Clone Wars. So the more stories I got in that era, the happier I was going to be. And then the show took on a life of its own and became this huge thing that we're still seeing ramifications of in, you know, animation and live action today. So, I mean... We got freaking Cad Bane in live action in Boba Fett uh, just a couple weeks ago. And, you know, if you told me watching the finale for season one of The Clone Wars where Cad Bane takes over the Senate, that in, oh, you know, eight years, he was going to be in the season finale of a live action Boba Fett TV show, I would have said, okay, sure, you're crazy. Um, (laughs) But it happened. And it was perfect. So it was actually over even a if I'm decades dead. later. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I'm the relationship I've had with Clone Wars has only gotten better over the years. Um, it is far and away my favorite uh, animated property that Star Wars has. Uh, not to you know throw shade on any of the others. I just am highly invested in it, and uh, my collection of action figures and other stuff will back that up because I love all of those characters. So um, I, I have the six inch black series, Asajj Ventress within reach. Um, and her story is one that I didn't expect to go the way it did in clone wars. And I'm very happy it did. So yeah, great story. Great character. Um, and how about you, Emily? How did you get into clone wars? What was your, you know, kind of initial buy-in and and you know how do you sit with it now all these years later i was in fifth grade when it was coming out like the first season of clone wars so i was like right in that target audience range i was like 10 years old and i just fell in love with ahsoka she she was a jedi she was 
kind of smart ass. Um, and she was a really great character wait, that we, I just fell in love with about her completely. You or Ahsoka? Carl, I'm not a Jedi. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> oh, right. Okay, so you Unfortunately, get, so I'm you not get a Jedi, what I'm... so I am talking about Ahsoka. <laughs> Sorry, anyway, I rudely interrupted. Um, I fell away, like, as I got a little bit older and, like, I was becoming a teenager, I wasn't, like, watching the series anymore, and I got back into it in college, I think, because Carl was bugging me to, like, actually finish watching it. Um. And, like, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think what I appreciate about it now is how well it tells stories for television. Mm. Um, they're just perfect for sitting down and watching, like, three episodes and then letting that be its own arc and letting that – and just sitting with that for a little bit. Yeah, I love that. Um well, and uh, I'm going to answer my own question because it's only fair that we all get to play. <laughs> um, well, I, I was kind of late to it because I didn't see that the Clone Wars movie came out the summer I moved to Boston for grad school. And I didn't see it because I didn't have any friends that first summer I moved here because uh, I hadn't started grad school yet. And it was in a movie theater right down the road from where my apartment was. But in those days, I refused to go to movies alone because I just – thought it was weird i do it all the time now but um so i didn't go i ended up like getting a hondo anaka version aka pirated <laughs> um and and watched it one night and uh i had a few beers with it thank god because i don't think i could have finished it um it really wasn't for me uh again all those years ago so i never got into the tv show until uh fan days jason which you know obviously that's where you and i met and I believe it was up through season three at that point, I want to say. Um, yeah, season three was coming out at okay. that point. Okay, Savage uh, had been introduced. When does Savage come in? What season is he? Yeah, that was season three. Yeah, okay. so season three had just finished and okay. season four was coming. Because I remember we were, we you know, obviously we connected through uh, Matt Cranky and Chris Smith, you know, the, the, the gentleman from Sarlacc Pit. And Chris was giving out T-shirts with – Somebody that looked like Darth Maul, and I thought it just said Savage on it. I was like, oh, okay, cool. And like before Savage was a thing to say in like pop culture, I was like, what is Savage? Is, is this guy just Savage? And he's like, no, it's Savage. He's a character. And I was like, he looks cool. And Chris was like, he is cool. Watch the show. So when I came <laughs> home from fan days, I just I, – I was all in and I and I absolutely loved it. And and now like, you know, like you were saying, Emily, it, it does create these – these great little self-contained stories for television, um, but just also the way it's built out the prequel era. You know, um, Jason and I and Emily, I know you as well. Like we all love the prequels. Um, we love them in spite of their flaws, right? Like the acting has its issues, um, but uh, Jason probably sees less of the flaws than me. Um, but uh, that said, like I think Clone Wars really, it really made us feel the connection of Obi-Wan and Anakin. I think that was the biggest thing missing from the prequel movies. You know, episode two, they're kind of always bickering. Episode three, they're already best friends. But we didn't see any of that time together. And Clone Wars gave us, you know, just so much storytelling about them. Um, not to mention all these other side adventures and fun new stories that we could have never imagined. Um, 
So yeah, I, I love Clone Wars. So the last question I want to ask each of you before we, we kind of move on is, uh, who's your favorite Clone Wars character? And, and you can't pick like Anakin or Obi-Wan just because they've already existed. So someone from Clone Wars, that's your favorite. And before you name them, I'm going to try to guess for each of you. Jason, my guess for you is Cad Bane and Emily. Well, I know your answer is Ahsoka, I'm assuming. Um, how'd I do? Yeah. Cad Bane's up there, um, and I'm definitely on a Cad Bane high right now, but <laughs> probably like uh, Hondo better. Ooh, okay. That's so. All right. Yeah. And- Hondo. Yes, I, I know Carl's right for me. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and- let's be honest, uh, Ahsoka is pretty dang good. So, like, yeah. He's it, amazing. She, it's, it's hard to not love Ahsoka. Uh, so, just, just, Stop trying to fight it, and she's amazing. Love her. Um, she is. So, and, You're not going to hear any argument from well, me. Well, and Emily, I think what's so – like I love the perspective you bring because obviously Jason and I are both a bit older than you. And um, so my first introduction to Ahsoka as Snips, I found her super annoying. I didn't like her for a little bit, and I know a lot of fandom didn't, um, and probably fandom like me, right? Like mid to late 20s and – you know, you're like, you can't really identify, but you in fifth grade, like you're a young person, um, still very much figuring yourself out. Um, not that that's a, not that we ever stopped that process, but in a, you know, a very pronounced way. And then you have this very young, confident Jedi character to connect to. Um, so yeah, yeah Ahsoka changed Star Wars in so many wonderful ways. Absolutely. Um, and I'm going to give you both uh, a guess as to who my favorite Clone Wars character is. Embo. Yes. <laughs> that, 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 yes. Carl, <laughs> you, your cat is named Embo. Yeah, he's, uh, my cat is a lot fatter than character Embo. So. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, but, but get your cat the little hat. Uh, I really want to get him an Embo hat so much, but Embo won't even like let me put tape on him. So... Sorry. People are like, why are you putting tape on your cat? Don't worry. Uh, I just like to play with him sometimes. Um, I, was, I was about to ask and then thought better of it. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, but to to like, to like be fair, I mean, I while Embo is certainly my favorite just because he's just such a neat, fun, new character, I think Ahsoka is the most important character Clone Wars gave us. So Absolutely. Yes. And, you know, you know, Jason, you made the great point of, you know, when you watch that final episode of season one and, you you know, this great new bounty hunter comes in Cad Bane and, you know, takes over the the Senate building, you would have never thought over a decade later you'd see him in live action. And Emily, so I kind of posit that to you. Did you ever think as, you know, a a little fifth, sixth grader that this character you bonded with so quickly was going to get her own live action show? And I... I know, you know, off the record, you know, you and I have talked about this. I know you have a lot of issues with Rosario Dawson, as a lot of folks do, understandably. Um, And and I'm not asking you to ignore that. But that said, like, did you ever think she would have a story this far reaching? The concept of even going before the Ahsoka show, the Ahsoka novel, Mm. I never thought that we would get an Ahsoka novel. I never thought that we would see her again after Clone Wars, that she would just disappear. Um, But because she's been such a fan favorite, that, I mean, that makes me happy for many reasons because like, yeah, that's my favorite character, but that's just extended her lifespan. And I think that this show 
the show and like maybe hopefully future novelizations of some kind um they can expand Ahsoka's story and do something really incredible with her that we've never seen before and that's what I want more than anything else yeah yeah um and I'm with you the EK Johnston Ahsoka novel uh I mean I always I I eventually did come to really like Ahsoka um but that EK Johnston novel made me like in love with Ahsoka um, and it's Jason, because I obviously know Jason, your preferred way of consuming Star Wars literature is audible, right? A lot of folks are, are going audible routes these days. Um, th- th- I struggle with audiobooks, <laughs> um, but I will say I've listened to the Ahsoka book twice because it's, it's awesome that's Ashley Eckstein. Um, yeah. You know, she yeah. just, it, 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 you just, you feel like when you, like I put that on, I close my eyes and it's like, I feel like I'm living in Ahsoka's world. Because it's Ahsoka telling me this story, right? It's so cool. Right, right. It's it's great when you can put her voice to the story and and not only like have the 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 narrative words themselves sort of be in her voice, but to have the voice of Ahsoka reading those words to you. It's really cool. Yeah. Um it's really cool. Yeah. Um well, you know, Clone Wars has this really long history, and of course we're obviously truncating everything at this point, but so huh. then we get Rebels. You know, Disney's first Star Wars product is Rebels. Um, I believe it premieres in, in 2013. Is that correct? Or is it 2014? Um, darn it. I, I, I should have looked these things up. Not that it really matters. Uh, somebody's yelling at us right now. I'm sorry we can't hear you. Um, but, uh, you know, so but it is Disney's first thing. It You know, it comes out. I want to say it does come out several months before force awakens. So maybe it was also 2015, but, um, all that to say, right. It's, it's a very, it's even a different animation style, right? Cause by the last, you know, when rebels came out, we didn't get the final seasons of clone wars, but every year clone wars, just like the, the digital effects just got so much better subsequent years. I mean, if you go back and watch season one episode and even just put on a season four episode, it's just like, wow, you know, like they just, they really put in the work. And then you get Rebels, which is a very different type of animation. Um, it's not it's not as intricate, I would argue, as Clone Wars. Um, and it's also a very different kind of story. It's a family story, right? Um, so again, kind of just similar question here, you know, Emily. You know, how did you how did you get into Rebels? What obviously it's it's your premier Star Wars in a lot of ways. Were you in from day one, and, and, and how has it progressed? Yeah, I was in from day one. I remember watching the premiere, the, like the hour-long premiere on Disney, and I loved the world that they set up with Lafal and this little ragtag group of rebels that are very much reminiscent of like Han, Luke, and Leia during A New Hope, just this little ragtag group that's just trying to get through. Um. And they just set up this little corner of the galaxy. And we're like, we're going to tell our story here. But this is a story that has bigger implications. Mm. And I think they did that really well through the first season. And then they expanded the galaxy through the second and third seasons. And then just brought it back to Lothal for the fourth season. And brought it back home. Brought it back to the heart of the Ghost Crew. And that's my favorite thing about it. Is that it's so much a family story and a home story. There's so much love in that story. Mm. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Jason? Absolutely. No, I, I, uh, 
I was in on day one as well. I, I enjoyed it from day one. The one hour premiere was fantastic. I liked getting the introductions to all the characters and the reveal of Kanan um, mm-hmm. as a Jedi at the end of, you know, the, the one hour premiere was just bonkers. It was great. Uh, Kanan is still my favorite character in the show. Uh, although Hera gives him a run for his money, uh, depending on my mood. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it was a great, it was a great show. Uh, I, I like the nods and callbacks to, um, Clone Wars and connections from some of the characters to Clone Wars. And obviously we get Ahsoka in there as uh, Fulcrum, which was exciting. Um, but it never, you know, while there was those connections, it never took on the tone of Clone Wars. It was never like, this is just Clone Wars 2.0. Mm. It was always still, yeah. this is Rebels. Yeah. This is a, Re- a Rebels show. Um, we just get characters that cross over. Um which was nice and uh, I think is good because, you know, like Emily was saying, it's a family show and the, the family of the ghost crew is the most important part of the show um, and what happens to them. And of course, we don't know what happens to Ezra still. So, uh, so that's a, a loose end that Rebels still needs to address somehow, some way. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking forward to that. Uh, it's, you know, it's something I need. I do need to go back and rewatch um, because there's some great storytelling in there, uh, but it's not something like I said. It's it's just not something I'm as knowledgeable about because I, I haven't watched it in so long. Um, but I do need to rewatch it at some point because it's good stuff, real good stuff. Yeah, it is, and you know, I mean, I, I, as I shared earlier, I'm I'm in the midst of rewatching the series and. I'm just I'm loving it in a way that I I just never did before, and so that that said that when that first premiered, uh, I went down to New York City like with Joe Hogan and and that group of buddies. We watched it on like a huge. A friend had like a massive TV. We watched it like we were going to a film premiere, and I loved it. I thought it was so fun. Um, I loved it from day one. My love of it waned a bit in subsequent seasons just because I actually didn't like how much they were building out. Like, it's like, oh, hey, you remember Ahsoka? Hey, you remember Rex? And it was just like, can it be its own story? Um, you know, but, you know, sometimes you get in your own head as a Star Wars fan, especially if you spend too much time on Star Wars Twitter. Sorry to say it. But, you know, and, and you just like you hear these like kind of negative things. And even if you don't agree with them, they still kind of get in. Um, and, uh, you know, so I just my love of rebels waned by season three. Um, and like you, Jason, I love Kanan. Kanan is easily a top 10. I don't know if he's top five, but definitely a top 10 star Wars character for me. Um, and yeah, like all the things you said, Emily, the reason I love this story so much is because it's the story of a family. And, uh, the ghost is my second favorite ship in star Wars. Like I never expected that. <laughs> um, I mean, it, it is such an awesome ship because it's exactly what the Falcon was throughout the original story, which is it's, it's the home base, right? Um, wherever you are in that ship, you know, you're home, you know, you're safe. Um, so yeah, I really love this show. I love the way it kind of, you know, it really fleshed out how the rebellion was formed. Um, and now like kind of, you know, I love the way you just beautifully painted that Emily that, you know, the first season is it's, it's kind of introducing you to the crew and then to the family. And then it's, you know, subsequent seasons progress 
you see how their small impact starts to have this ripple and inevitably they're drawn into the bigger story, right? Um, how can they not be, you know? And, and I love how season two starts by dealing with specifically Kanan's resistance to that, right? No, like I didn't sign on to be in an, in a war. I signed on to just help people. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of the, the theme from Spider-Man homecoming, you know, he really wants to be an Avenger. Like he's all in on it. Um, but you know, Tony Stark's saying, just be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And at the end of the movie, he kind of makes that right choice. Like, I'm not going to be an Avenger right now. I'm going to stay on the ground. Um, but inevitably it gets drawn into the Avengers regardless because there's bigger threats and he's needed. Um, so yeah, I, I really like rebels. Um, and yeah, we're seeing, like you said, Jason, we're going to get to see, well, we know Thrawn's coming back. We know if Thrawn's coming back, there's a good bet Ezra might be coming back. Um, you know, I'd also really love to see Hera on screen and Sabine. Um, sadly, we know we can't see Kanan. Um, but yeah, so there's always the possibility of flashbacks or a force ghost. I mean, we hear or a force ghost. We do hear Kanan in episode nine, to be fair. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is yeah. great. So, well, we know by episode nine, he and Ahsoka are both dead. Um, cause they're one with the force at that point, which I'm okay with. We don't need Ahsoka to live forever. Dave Filoni. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> sorry. I do really like the character, but, uh, anyway, um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, Rebels is this, you know, in the way that Clone Wars really fleshed out the prequel era, Rebels starts to flush out the Rebellion era. Um, and then we get this third, you know, the second kind of big series that uh, Disney Plus launches is the cartoon Resistance. Um, which was very short lived. Disney did not buy in on it at all. I don't know why. It was a super, I mean, super fun little show. Um, and uh, so, Jason, we'll go back to you. Resistance. What'd you think? Uh, it, it wasn't a show for, for a fan like me. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, you know, parts of it, uh, but it never really pulled me in, uh, in the way that any of the others did. I, you know, it was fun to sit back and watch, you know, some animated star Wars, uh, and there wasn't anything else at the time. So I, I enjoyed it. Um, the first season was fine. I, I thought it was fun. Um, I thought some of the new characters were great, you know, Kaz and, and them and, uh, Niku, some really great. Yeah. Yeah. Niku, obviously <laughs> Niku, Niku is my favorite. Um, Blowfish 1 and Blowfish 2 is a moment I will never forget because I <laughs> literally busted out laughing. Um, but uh, it, it was just – it wasn't something that I ever it fully you know, bought into 100%. Um, not to say it wasn't fun or you know good, but it just wasn't something that was for me. Yeah. Um, and which is why I have still yet to see the second season. So I will, I'm sure, eventually go back and and see it at some point. But uh, right now, it is it's not a priority uh, for me. Um, but not to say it's because I hate it because I don't. Um, it's just not not what I'm excited about in Star Wars at the moment. So there's mm-hmm. a lot of other things coming 
And they really kind of overshadowed and pushed resistance to the side for me. So, yeah. And I'm going to just piggyback off you because Emily's the only one of us who's seen the whole thing. Um, So we'll let her close that out. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's similar, similar take as you, Jason. I'll say when they announced it and we got the first trailer for it, I was like, it doesn't really look like my cup of tea. But it was also very clear. This is for children, right? Like this was a, I mean, all Star Wars is inevitably supposed to be for kids. Um, Even if sometimes I think some new Star Wars doesn't remember that. Um, I won't name names, Last Jedi. Um, And, uh, (laughs) but, uh, you know, Resistance was definitely made for children. And I think, you know, if the three of us who are no longer little children didn't love it, that's okay. It wasn't for us. But, you know, my, my really good friend, Ben, you know, his, his, especially his younger son, when that show came out, I think he was like nine or 10 years old. He loved it. Absolutely ate it up. And it's like, yes, this is who it's made for. Um, that said, you know, I was like, well, I'm going to check it out. If I like it, I'll keep watching it. If I don't no no problems. I watched every episode as it came out and and really enjoyed it. You know, it, it I was so pleasantly surprised. Like it was just a lot more fun than I was expecting. Um, but by the time season two came out, there was I think Mandalorian had already come out. So I was just so busy watching Mandalorian and things connected to Mandalorian. I just didn't go back to the, the second season. Um, and again, it wasn't like a malicious, like, I, I don't want to watch any more of that. It was just I just didn't, you know, and that's still where it stands is I know eventually I will. Um, but you know, I just, I just haven't. Um, and Emily and I were talking about this when we made the bracket and, and I'll shut up in a second so she can say more because <laughs> you can actually speak to this, Emily. But I think my biggest disappointment and, um, and Emily confirmed this cause I was like, we didn't get this in season one and I kind of wanted it. Did we get it in season two? And Emily said, not really. And so, you know, as we just talked about, you know, Clone Wars did so much awesome stuff for the prequel era. And the rebels did a lot for the rebellion era. I was really hoping resistance might do a little bit of world building and making sense out of the sequel era, which again, it, cause it's really not there in the movies. Um, so I was really hoping to get more about the new Republic, a little bit more about the formation of the resistance and the first order. And it just wasn't really there. Um, which again, that's fine. Um, but that's just, and when I learned that it really isn't in season two either, I was like, well, that was kind of what I was hoping to get out of it. So I don't know. But, what you know, Emily, you've seen the whole thing. What are your, what are your thoughts? Both of you guys, like, I thoroughly enjoyed watching it. It was fun Star Wars that I think the fandom needed at the time, but wasn't willing to receive. Um, which, yeah, like, it's a childish, kind of goofy, fun show. I love Nico, too. He's great um and i think that as a fandom that was the kind of star wars that we needed at the time but it wasn't the kind of star wars that people were were willing to accept and i think the show resistance had a lot of opportunity to build out what the resistance looked like especially like in that in between of the force awakens and um the last jedi or maybe it was the last jedi and the rise of skywalker i don't remember exactly when it takes place it ta- well, the, it the, sh- the show takes place before Force Awakens. Well, and then past the first Force season Awakens. takes place yes. before the Force Awakens okay. up to the Force Awakens. Right. And I think the second season was supposed to take place like somewhat during, but mostly after the Last Jedi. Yeah. Well, Last, the Last Jedi, Jedi happens, happens right a after day Force after Force Awakens. Awakens so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It, it was supposed to flesh out the world, and it just kind of failed on that. They did a couple of interesting things. 
Um, but they didn't get the chance to really explore them in the way that they were able to in Clone Wars and in Rebels. And that's fine. That happens sometimes. Your story just doesn't work for what it is at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we'll get something else down the road that'll explore that era because, you know, it needs to be explored. There's there's not yeah. a lot of content about that stuff. And to make sense of some of what we get in the movies, it would be nice to have something else to kind of give us the even just sort of like the political infrastructure of what the heck is going on at the time would be nice. You know, okay, what, what is the new Republic doing after Hosnian prime? Yeah. 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 So, and again, so, like I, I get, you don't want to do a ton of that in, in a very much children's show. Um, right. But I think just kind of following this theme of previous animated shows, I mean, rebels is still very much a kid show. Um, it's just like Clone. I think Rebels and Clone Wars do a really good job of, of sitting on that fence of like being super accessible to children and yet still having something for every adult fan. Um, and I think Resistance has much more. It's much more on the side of like this is for children, which again, totally valid. Um, but yeah, kind of lacking any more world building. Um, and then they just, it's, it's still like, the, it just felt like they gave up on it, which stinks. Like, even though I didn't watch season two, um, there were a lot of folks that were really into it. So to just be like, oh yeah, this is the second and final season. You're like, wait, what <laughs> already? Yeah. So it just felt very yeah. abrupt. Um, so, but that's, you know, is what it is. And, yeah. uh, and not then, everything can be a home run. So, right. Right. Well, and you know what, Jason, you know, and even though the three of us, are, are lukewarm on it there. I guarantee you there are plenty of star Wars fans that are like, that's my favorite star Wars, you know? Um, and awesome. I, I, I would love to meet that person, not because I think they're weird, but because I would love to know what it is about that show that makes it their favorite star Wars. Right. Um, exactly. So I mean, they're probably weird anyways, but no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> star- Jason, I think most star Wars fans are weird. Let's be honest. Yes, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> Um, I mean, have you been listening to this podcast for the past 10 years? Uh, you uh, know. I mean, not 10, but yes. <laughs> um, well then of course the, the, you know, the newest animated show we have is bad batch. And, um, I'm actually going to talk about it first because I've got that, the mic. Carl. <laughs> uh, so something Jason and I talked about when the show was first announced was, uh, not not really interested into that. Like, you know, it sounds fine. Um, I would prefer other things. You know, I'm still, I'm still been, I feel like if I keep speaking it into the ether, maybe it'll come into existence. I still really want an animated show in the spirit of Clone Wars, but with Han, Luke and Leia post Return of the Jedi. I just really want stories like that. Um, but that said, so when they announced Bad Batch and not that, I was like, what the heck? Why am I right? Because, you know, Star Wars fans can also be total buttheads. And I, I'm king of the buttheads very often, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it was the you know, same way with Resistance. Like, I I started that show and I was like, holy crap, this this is awesome. I mean, not to just speak of the, like, how beautiful it looks for an animated show. Again, like, they're not doing what Rebels did. They're purposely, you know, they're they're amping up what they'd been doing in Clone Wars, so it just looks incredible. Um, but 
it's it's so cool because I feel like Bad Batch is it's its own thing, but also takes elements from both Clone Wars and Rebels because it's a it's a very much a continuation of the Clone Wars story. Um, and it is really cool learning about how the Empire was formed, right? Like Rebels is the Empire's dominant, right? Rebels is about the Rebels. But Bad Batch were really just in one season getting to see like how they're phasing out the clones, how they're bringing in stormtroopers. Um, but but like Rebels, it's the story of a family, right? Um, it's the story of this Bad Batch, this this collection of outcasts with this beautiful child at their heart, which again, it was like, remember when Omega came in, I was like, Oh, so it's just like a Grogu that can talk. Um, right. Kind of, kind of similar, like a, a dad, like Hunter, but, but that vibe's working. Like it, it, these are stories people want to consume. So I'm really loving bad batch. It's, it's hitting the sweet spot of being a beautiful family story. That's also the continuation of Clone Wars, right? Like even the very first title card of the first episode, it's, you know, it's got the Clone Wars music and then it burns out and says Bad Batch. Like that was just brilliant. Um, so I'm, I'm absolutely loving Bad Batch. How about you, Emily? I don't dislike it. I don't love it. Fair. Um, the clones have never been my thing, really. Mm-hmm. I think they're interesting and I think that there's a lot of interesting things that Star Wars has done and can do with the clones. But the Bad Batch, look, they announced it, and I was like, alright, cool, more more Clone Wars content, basically. And again, that's just not my particular jam, and that's fine. I love Omega. Mm. Um, I love her relationship with the Bad Batch. I love that arc that they're building with her and the Batch. But, like, as for the rest of it, I don't know, I'm not uninterested in what season two will bring. I'm curious as to, like, where they're going to build build this out, um, especially with the whole conflict with Crosshair and him siding with the Empire and the Batch very much not being with the Empire. Um, very curious to see how they're going to play out that storyline both like as a plot storyline and like as an emotional storyline but otherwise like i'm not the clones just aren't my thing yeah and i think that's totally valid yeah it is and to be perfectly honest they're not my thing either in general which is why i waited until like you know 80 percent of the series was out before i started watching it and then i binged it um (laughs) so uh, it was one of those things where I was like, you know, like Carl said, I wasn't particularly interested in this because it was the Bad Batch. And I was like, you know, it was a fun episode, uh, you know, arc of the Clone Wars. But I kind of felt like, it, you know, for me, I got all I needed of the Bad Batch in the Clone Wars. And I was like, I don't need more of the Bad Batch. Uh, but, you know, as the show went on and we were starting to, you know, ramp up to the finale of the the series... And everyone's still talking about it. It was just like, it was, I was hearing more and more interesting things. I was like, okay, okay. And I, and I never intended to just like not watch it, but at the time I was doing other things and, uh, I never got around to sitting down and just watching the show. Uh, and then finally I was like, okay, fine. We're going to do it. I actually visited Kyle, um, for like a weekend and we binge like first half of the show. Uh, while I was hanging out and I was like, okay, no, this is a really good show. This is a really good show. Um, Omega had me kind of, 
a little concern, like when I first started hearing about her, but then when I actually saw her in the show, I was like, this works. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was one of those things where I was, I kind of looked at it like, eh, it's, I'm sure it'll be fine. It's just not for me because I'm not a clone guy. But the show won me over very quickly once I actually started watching it. Um, and now I'm very curious to see where they go from here because they are at sort of like the point where I'm like, they're going to have to make some big decisions and some big changes to what they do and how they operate because they've kind of closed down like their shtick right now. It's like, this is what we do. This is the last you know, remnants of who we were. Uh, and we kind of like ended all that with, you know, the destruction of Camino and, uh, and everything. So it's like, now what, now what do they do? Mm. So I'm very curious to see how they, as a, as a batch, you know, change with the changing galaxy, because this is a bridge series. This is a series to bridge just from clone wars into the world of the empire that is in full swing by the time we get to rebels. So it's a bridging series. And I'm curious to see how that bridge takes us from clone wars and leads us into the world that rebels exists in. Hmm. Um, It's not going to get us all the way to rebels because it's a, that's a long gap, but um, it's, it's a world, you know, it's going to get us, you know, we're going to see Rebels at the end of the tunnel when Bad Batch ends, I think. So, yeah, I, I think so. It's a toss up for me in Bad Batch of my favorite character being either Hunter or Omega. Um, I love them both immensely. And, and I, I think the reason I can't choose between them is, is because they together are something that I really love about the show. Um, but, you know, with Rebels, Kanan is by far my favorite character. And, um, and, and what's intrigued me most about Ahsoka, especially ever since she left the Jedi during Clone Wars, is I love these characters that have to figure out who they are when their, their systems fail them, right? Um, I just, I love that question. So Kanan is, Kanan is a Jedi, but he can't be a Jedi. Ahsoka is a Jedi, but not part of the Order. Um, Hunter and the Bad Batch, they're clones that were part of the Grand Army of the Republic that doesn't exist anymore. Right. So who are they now? Right. Like I love those journeys of discovery. Um, and, uh, you know, I mean, it, it's particularly apropos for what I do for work, you know, working in a in a church system when churches have been closed for nearly two years and you're trying to amp things back up. And a lot of people are just saying, I don't need this anymore. Right. It's, it's a tough question to be like, all right, so what's my role? How do I how do I still be impactful? How how are these how is this system still valuable? Um, so, it, it, you know, I. I like the question more because it relates to my own experience. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I will, I'm just so anxious to see where they go with it. And here's a thought I just had as you two were talking I'm curious what you think of this. So something, um, the, the original Han Solo trilogy by Brian Daly, which came out in 1978, three paperback books, the, every single story takes place in what's called the corporate sector. It's this separate part of the galaxy, like the Empire knows it's there, but just kind of has like a mutual relationship with it. Like the corporate scepter, is, it's, it's a very greedy, broken system. Um, it's, it's essentially the Empire, but it's just called something different. 
And Brian Daly created that so he could play in this galaxy far, far away without the confines of the Empire and the Rebellion. I think it it, it would be kind of neat to see something bold like this because it feels like every Disney Plus series kind of comes back to itself. And and I think for in a lot of ways that's great, and I think in a lot of ways it lacks originality. So what would it be? Wouldn't it be maybe neat to see season two of Bad Batches? They just kind of remove themselves from this part of the galaxy. What if they go off to something akin to the corporate sector and they just do good deeds there? I don't know. I mean, first off, I don't think they're going to do that. But secondly, would that intrigue either of you if they did a story like that? No, only because the only plot line that I'm emotionally invested in is the plot line with Crosshair and his antagonism with the Batch. Mm, And so that requires them to still be in the galaxy far, far away as we know it. They still have to be interacting with the Empire because that's how Crosshair can help them. And that's how those, like, emotional moments that I enjoyed about the Bad Batch can happen. Yeah, I I like the idea of kind of going off to a section of the galaxy that we haven't really addressed or been a part of, which is kind of, you know, in many ways, initially, what Mandalorian was doing. Um, But uh, I I do like that idea, but you have to create, I feel like you do have to create like a whole new set of characters to kind of explore that part of the galaxy with. Uh, Bad Batch is too intricately connected with the old and the, you know, while still standing on the outside of the new, um, in terms of the Republic and the Empire, they're too intricately connected to all of that to completely abandon it. Um, so, uh, I, de- you know, I would be totally excited to kind of get stories kind of set just sort of adjacent to all of this kind of, you know, activity. Uh, in a part of the galaxy that's sort of like able to kind of be a little bit in you know insular, um, I think that would be great. However, I don't think Bad Batch is the series to do it sure. um, because they are you know for you know like like Emily said, Crosshair uh, is directly you know in the Empire machine at this point, and that's a huge deal for the rest of the the batch, um, and they are just too intricately wound up in the you know the transition of clones to stormtroopers and what that means and how that affects the galaxy as a whole um republic to empire they're too wrapped up in all that that it it, they wouldn't work i don't think in a situation like that Hmm. yeah well and like i said i don't think that's what's going to happen at all um but it would just be neat. And and well, and again, like I, I want to see the continuation of this formation of the early empire and the destruction of Camino, the way that it goes down, I thought was just brilliant. Um, and this is something I, something I've loved about Bad Batch as well is the way it's honored specifically attack of the clones, right? Um, Camino is the home base and it gets destroyed. Um, you know, the, and, and, I remember when that scene happened. And, and again, like Camino, I love the look of Camino. I love that it's these sterile white walls. Um, and, you know, in the context of episode two, it's like, oh, this is George like playing off of old, like 
ideas of what like outer space looks like and what aliens would look like. Right. And, and, and of course it's a cloning facility. So of course everything is sterile and clean. Um, but when it was being destroyed in Bad Batch, all I could think about was, man, any last sense of innocence that remained in the galaxy from the prequel era is now gone, right? The Empire has destroyed the era of the prequels. The era of the Clone Wars has come to an end. The era when the Jedi were our heroes is over, right? So it just it's just like, whoa, that was huge um, and kind of a bummer. So <laughs> a really big bummer. Yeah. 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 So, um, you know, I mean, I know we, we, we could talk so much more stuff about, uh, Star Wars animation, but the last thing I want to ask you all, and this is just, just for fun. If you could do, if you, if you could get any Star Wars animated show, what would it be? And, you know, I, I'll, I mean, I'll go first cause I already insinuated what mine would be. I want a Clone Wars esque series following Han, Luke and Leia post return of the Jedi. I, that's what I want more than anything. Even if it was just like one season, that's what I want most of all. Um, but what about you two? What, if, if you could, you know, pitch your idea to, to Lucasfilm, what would it be? Oh man. Catching me off guard with this one, Carl. Um, gosh, I, I do. I think I would want, uh, and this is not going to sound super original at the moment because of the likes of uh, the High Republic, but I do want to see some sort of series um, that's, you know, Jedi set mm. aside from the, the, the story that we have uh, outside of the, the trilogies um, and just sort of like maybe just follow uh, a master and apprentice, maybe a couple of masters and apprentices and, uh, you know, see as they go throughout the galaxy, you know, helping people, what they have to deal with. And, you know, I'm sure you can create a story around that, you know, a, a plot that they uncover and, and that sort of thing. But I think I'd like to have sort of the, the galaxy travel and seeing new things, but on a smaller scale than like, epic warfare mm. uh, yeah. from all, you know, from everything. I think that kind of thing, you know, seeing the Jedi helping and still doing what they do, but in smaller, more uh, manageable bites, mm -hmm. I think is something I would find really fascinating. I will say so. that was something I was hoping and expecting from the High Republic, but they've already made it like this huge galactic conflict, which it's like, I like it. I'm invested in said conflict, but I was like, I love that idea, Jason, though, like this, just kind of this, these kind of like adventure of the week stories where the, the, the characters we follow are the heart of the story, right? It's not like everything is connected and, um, you know, uh, I think now that Lucasfilm is part of Disney, which owns Marvel, Marvel is perfect at telling interconnected stories. It's what it's always been about. They've done it so well translating it to the big screen. Doesn't mean everything has to do it. You know, DC has failed miserably at it. <laughs> I think the DC expanded universe is a joke. Um, but, uh, but it feels like they're doing that a bit with star Wars and it's like, Oh, you, you don't have to, I mean, you know, you got, so actually I can't believe I didn't bring this up till this point. Um, for any of you who loved visions, I really enjoyed star Wars visions as well. We didn't put any of that in this because we were just thinking of canonized star Wars stories. Um, right. But I will say there's, I, I don't remember which 
which episode name it is, but it's the one with the the master and the apprentice, and they fight the old Sith Lord. The Elder. The Elder. Yeah. yeah, that was a great episode. Now, that was the thing, too. I was like, oh, this is just – this is the marshals of the stars, right? These are the peacekeepers going to – on a mission, and it's a self-contained mission. It's not like, oh, the Sith are back or like, oh, there's this big galactic – thing to worry about it's you know it's this self-contained story i I just loved that yeah and and that's honest part of why um this idea came to me is the visions stuff Mm. so um yeah i what i my let me just expand this just slightly the idea is it's a sort of a long-term mission to the outer reach the outer rim kind of a thing you've got a couple of like maybe three or four master and apprentice teams on a ship um And they just, they're going out and then they, you know, they branch off and, you know, different, you know, problems and stuff like that. They all kind of have like a, a big mothership that they, they travel on together, um, as they, they go out and do their thing. It's kind of like the the setup that I had. So I love that. But anyway, yeah, no, that's awesome. What about you, Emily? I hope I gave you enough time to think about something, to think of something. (laughs) (laughs) You did. Um, one of the things that I've always wanted out of Star Wars animation is to have the main character be an alien. So far, mm-hmm. we've pretty much only ever gotten humans as our protagonist. Yeah. So I want something that takes place in the Chiss Empire. And Ooh. whether that's like the formation of the Chiss Empire or, you know, events that solely happen within the Chiss, the Chiss Ascendancy, I should say. Um, but just not touch the galaxy far, far away. We know who the Chiss are because of, like, Thrawn, and we know that eventually the Chiss are in contact with our galaxy. But I want to know how their society developed because they more or less kind of developed in cultural isolation to the galaxy far, far away. And I want to know how that's impacted them mm. as a society and as a culture. So I, I think that an animated series would be really good for having an alien protagonist and for kind of interrogating that political scene as well. I have a question then. Have you been reading any of the uh, Thrawn Ascendancy books then? Yes. I've read the first two. I know the third one's out. I haven't read it yet. I'm like 99% sure my younger brother is getting it for me for my birthday. Ah, um, so fair. I'll be reading it like next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, happy early birthday then. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Uh, yeah, I've I've listened to the first two. I uh, haven't gotten to the third one yet. Um yeah, it's really interesting. There's some really interesting yeah. stuff happening out in that area of the galaxy. It's nice because yeah. it has nothing to do with anything else in Star Wars. But yeah, other than those like few hints of like when Thrawn's crossed over, but like yeah. there's still I think so much more that they could be interrogating about that civilization and that culture. Mm. Yeah, it's so it's great because it's insular, but it's also like you know. It, it's that it walks that line of being like, yes, it's an it's Star Wars, but it, and it's it's its own section of Star Wars, but it's also occasionally like, is this still Star Wars though? Because it's yeah so separate, so it has to walk that line a little bit. I think the series has been doing pretty good overall. Yeah. Um. So, uh, yeah, uh, I'd be I'd be interested to kind of. Maybe even, you know, to, to see something like that. So, well, I'm about to start outbound flight for the first time next week, the Timothy Zahn book. Um, oh. And uh, I know Emily, you really enjoyed that book. 
Um, yeah. I know I'm going to explore the Chiss there. So I, I've never been a huge Thrawn fan. Uh, I, I, I love how much people love him. Um, like I said earlier, my, my friend Steph, she came into Star Wars. She's in love with Star Wars now because of Thrawn. I mean, she always, she always enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, but she is like a Star Wars fanatic now because of Thrawn. Um, so yeah, and again, he's not a favorite character of mine, but I, I just love how diehard folks are for him. Um, and, and I do like this idea of a, of a civilization that exists outside of our, our, you know, galaxy far, far away. And I think as, as much as I, I mean, I've still never read all of the new Jedi order series that started in 1999 with vector prime, but the introduction of the Yuzhan Vong, they never really fully worked for me, but I just loved that they took the swing for this is an enemy outside of the star Wars, you know, the star Wars galaxy you've all known for at that point, you know, 30 years, here's this totally new enemy. Um, I just thought it was brilliant. Like it, it was, again, it was a big swing. It didn't quite land for me. Uh, they're, they're an interesting group, but I just thought it was neat to get a civilization that wasn't just a proto empire. Um, yeah. so yeah, it, but it sounds like all three of us would agree, though, that there, there'd be some benefit to just telling a different kind of story that's not looped into, let's just be honest and call it what it is, the Skywalker saga, right? I mean, because it kind of, all, even Book of Boba Fett got linked to it, and Mandalorian has now been linked to that story. And I'm not, I'm not lamenting that, I'm not complaining about it, but I just think there's so many other stories we could explore um, and I think again, visions visions went there, um, but I think they could I think they could commit to it a bit more, um, which could be really fun. It, here's the thing: I want both. I want both yeah. stories connected to what we already have, and stuff not. You know, I, it's it is one of those things where I want I want it all. You know, <laughs> I, I'm almost busted into Tarzan. Sorry. Um, uh, I, I, but that's I want to know, not I want it all. So, anyways, um, God, I went on a tangent, but yeah, I would like to have both. I do like both things that are connected because I like to see the connections between stories and stuff like that. But sometimes it's also nice to not have to worry about the connections. So, um, yeah, that's that's where I come down on that. To be in balance. You yeah. can't just tell all of one kind of story, and right now that's kind of where we're at. Is Star Wars is just telling one kind of story connected to this big overarching plot of the Skywalker saga. And maybe that'll change as Disney has ownership for Star Wars for more, and Star Wars maybe gets new writers in the room and new people in the room with new ideas, but um, it has to be a balance. And I think that's the big flaw with Disney Star Wars right now is it's there's no balance. Yeah. yeah. I think that's part of why I like the High Republic so much is because it is sort of their big first mm-hmm. experiment that's away from all of that stuff. Uh for the most part. Yeah. Um Yeah. So yeah. Uh so it would be nice to see that come up a next another level from literature to animation, maybe a series. So, uh, (laughs) absolutely. Maybe a movie. Yeah. Maybe even that. Um, I still say, you know, I, I, 
and, and now I'm off animation, but I would still love to see Ryan Johnson do a Star Wars movie about the formation of the Jedi. Um, because I will say, like, I took a crack at it earlier, I, I, and I, I, I firmly believe that Last Jedi doesn't in any way feel, like, kid-friendly. Um, not that it's adult, but it, I feel like there's not a lot for kids to buy into on in that story. Um, that said... Ryan Johnson's ability to expand like the force mythology and really explore that so brilliantly. I, th- I would just love that to be his star Wars story that he, when he comes back is tell something about the or- early days of the Jedi. I just think he would crush that story. Um, crush it in the good way. <laughs> um, Hopefully in the good way. Right. Right. Um, well, so that said, uh, you know, this was fun. Just, just talking Star Wars animation and in and, and all the great ways it's expanded the Star Wars story. Um, and hopefully you'll be on the animation uh, uh, channel with us as we, we do the This Is Madness tournament starting just next week. All sorts of fun, epic, animated moments to choose from every day of the week starting next Monday. Um, be sure to tune in. Play along. Um Emily, thanks for joining us again. And also, thank you for putting all all that work with me to build the bracket. That was super fun. Thank you for having me on again. And uh, thank you for asking me to help out, Carl. I always love setting up that bracket with you. It's a great time. It's a great time. Blast. Good stuff. I'm looking forward to seeing uh, what makes it through. Same here. Same here. So, Like like I said, that'll be out... um, Shortly after this episode. So again, if you want to print them off, write in your things, or even just digitally put them in, sh- share share your predictions early. I, I always love to see what people are, are picking. I always like to do two. I always like to print off two. One for what I think will go, like what I think will win, and then just my personal picks. So that's just, that's how I like to play. And uh, we'll see what happens. Um, but oh, that's... Yes, I almost forgot though, Jason. All the way back when we were talking about Clone Wars, I could have sworn you were going to say your favorite character was Doctor Vindy. Oh yeah, 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 yes, yes. <laughs> Unfortunately, he doesn't have quite the screen time to bring him up to that level. Um, <laughs> I love when you do You're that welcome. voice. <laughs> You're welcome, Carl. You're welcome. I had to, uh, I had to get him in. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that you you threw me that bone. That made me so happy. Um, anyways, uh, Carl, if people want to weigh in on anything we talked about this episode or just want to keep an eye out for uh, our This Is Madness tournament with all of our animated top scenes, uh, where can people do that? Yeah, well... Like I said, we are on um, Twitter at Wampas Lair, and you can also find it on Instagram at The Wampas Lair. And obviously, if you have any questions or things to say outside of that world, you can always email us at wampaslairpodcast at gmail.com. Um, and Emily, I, I know you're not a huge social media poster, but if folks wanted to you know, uh, follow you in any way or interact, how could they do that if they want to? Uh, I am on Twitter at at the H Jedi. Love it. Excellent. All right. Anything else before we close down this episode? No, let the, uh, let the madness begin as I'm playing Omega's theme, which is in no way intense, but I just love it. <laughs> <laughs> that it's a good theme. It is a great theme. It works for me. 
All right. Well, thank you everyone so much for listening to this episode of the Wampus Lair podcast. This has been episode number 456, Animation Madness for Carl and Emily. I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. <laughs>